let me introduce you to inspiring entrepreneurs. Hi there, my name is Ben Gothard. My mission is to interview incredible entrepreneurs who are changing the world and present their stories to you, unscripted and unedited. From billionaires to Forbes 30 under 30 recipients to New York Times bestselling authors and much, much more, these people are living proof that nothing is impossible. Join me on this journey to learn from their experiences and become the person you're meant to be. Welcome to the Project Egg Show every morning at 8 a.m. Central. Four. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Project Egg Show. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Marissa Allen. Now, Marissa is a seasoned franchise and business executive entrepreneur with over 25 years of business experience in a variety of roles in different global business and franchise concepts. Marissa has an extensive background in management, sales, marketing, business development, and virtually every aspect of operations. And it's that experience that makes her uniquely qualified to talk today um, and be an expert on on franchising and, and business and whatnot. Um, in addition, Marissa has done so many other incredible things that I could not possibly um, get to in this very brief introduction. So I'm going to stop talking now and welcome. Marissa, how are you doing today? Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm doing wonderful. Wonderful. It is so good to have you on the show today, and uh, it's such an honor to be speaking with you. So let's jump right in. Sure. What is your story? What is my story? Um, you know, I would say I'm an entrepreneur at heart, and uh, that story really comes from my, you know, very humble sort of upbringing with um, with my parents, my father, I'm first generation uh, Canadian. My father was the typical immigrant that came over in the 50s with nothing. And I mean, literally nothing. And, uh, you know, with very little education, um, enabled himself to come to a country where he saw, you know, the land of opportunity and be able to create um, businesses uh, for himself. Yeah, he got involved in uh, the automotive sector. And, um, and I think that's where sort of my story began um, and has evolved. And I think it continues to evolve because I don't think the story has ended just quite yet. <laughs> so that, that's where it began. But what happened after that? I, I want to hear the whole story. So, you know, just, um, you know, went to school and that was really big on, you know, my parents because they, you know, didn't have the luxury of education. So they really instilled the importance of, of getting uh, the proper discipline and the learnings. And so I went to uh, business school and sort of, sort of learned the, um, the soft skills, if you will. And after graduation, uh, I had an opportunity to get involved in a franchise and, you know, um, didn't know much about it. And I was managing some stores and they were like, you know, you should just get a franchise. I'd be I was like, okay. So I went to my dad and, and, you know, he was unsure and didn't know what this was all about. So instead of giving me the money, which he could have at that point, uh, he said, you know, I want you to understand, you know, what it means to work hard, to earn a living. And when you're taking on debt and what, but not so he guaranteed the loan and, you know, I had to pay it back within 12 months, which I did. And so, you know, good life lessons for me. And I think that also made him very proud um, because I was able to demonstrate that this wasn't just something I just was like, you know, I want to do and, you know, I want it. And, and, you know, so there were a lot of life lessons throughout that. And that's where I really cut my teeth um, in franchising, you know, understanding what it was about, um, about what it's like to be a franchise owner um, and, you know, sort of those parts of the business model. And I really enjoyed it. I felt it's, um, uh, you know, created the foundation for me 
um, and that I utilized sort of uh, springboard, springboard into other franchise opportunities and as well my corporate career um, on the franchisor side. So that's kind of was sort of the early, the early part of the story. <laughs> so you went from business school to managing a bunch of stores or a bunch of franchise locations to then opening your own franchise. Those Correct. were like those are some pretty big steps. <laughs> I wanna I wanna drill down into how did you go from just getting out of business school to managing a bunch of locations? Like what happened in between then? You know, I personally I don't see them as big jumps. Maybe from the outsider looking in, I just saw it almost as a natural transition. Um, you know, for me, so I I guess I'm not seeing it that way. And it just things just kind of evolve from one into the other into the other. Um, so I didn't I personally I didn't see them as huge leaps, but maybe someone like you said, looking in from the outside is saying, wow, like that's you know a big leap. So uh, and I think that's where maybe my um, philosophy is about, you know, you know, thinking about what you're doing, yes, before making a decision, but knowing that there's risks involved with making those decisions, but belief in yourself and belief in what you're going to be involved in, I think that makes it an easier transition and an easier um, way to come to those conclusions. Where did your belief come from? You know, from um, from inside, you know, and and you know, always believing in myself and being told, um, you know, as part of the upbringing that you know you can do whatever you put your mind to, um, and never doubting that. And and sometimes maybe straying the, you know, the course. Most of my friends went on to you know very you know it was sort of like okay, you went from school, you went to this corporate job, and you you know you did you know X Y and Z, and I was always kind of the one that wanted to stray off the beaten path. And, um, you know, and I remember my friends going, oh, my God, like, you're going to open up your own business. And I I was like, yeah, you know, why wouldn't I? And, you know, I made sacrifices. And, um, you know, they worked their nine to five jobs where I was working nights and weekends, sometimes seven days a week. But to me, it was well worth uh, the effort. So can you talk a little bit more about what those sacrifices actually were because I feel like a lot of people looking in they may see oh Marissa's super successful and had you know launched her own business and it was great and managing all these but but what were those sacrifices like I want to I want to know the real the real story yeah well I always tell people don't look at what you know, the 20 year success, you got to look at what has built up to that, right? In anything we do, people often look at an individual and say, Oh, my God, like, I wish I was like them. And they don't see or fail to realize all of the hard steps that it took to get there. So for me, the sacrifices were, um, you know, losing some friends, because they didn't want to put up with my schedule. Um, the sacrifices that I did for myself financially, because, you know, when I was working hard to pay off loans and not making a lot of money, um, you know, where friends were traveling, I, I wasn't. And, you know, so those were sort of some of the personal sacrifices um, that at that point in my life that I, you know, I decided to make. Now, I was younger, I was still living at home, so it made it a little bit easier. But for me, you know, perception is your own reality. They were huge sacrifices because, you know, you look at your surroundings and what the masses are doing and you're not doing that. So sometimes I think you um, can doubt or create self-doubt. Like, you know, did I do the right thing? Have I made the right decision? Um, but I think when you sit down and you think back and you circle back to why you did it in the first place, and that really is where it allows you to come up to the for me anyways, the answer of like, yes, this is, this is what I want. And this is what I wanted. That is incredible. So you were, you were launching your own business and you had all this responsibility and making all these sacrifices and you're doing it all still living at home. That is amazing to me. That is amazing to me. Um, how did you, how did you view yourself? Like, what did you, when you, if you were to describe yourself to somebody else, or describe your business, describe what you're doing to somebody else at that time, how would you have described yourself? 
you know, just a, a, a you know a very bright young woman who um, totally had a belief in wanting to be her own boss and wanted to create her own destiny and not relying on somebody else telling me what I could and couldn't do. Right. So, and I didn't want to put any kind of limitations on what I could achieve. And I think if I had started out in the corporate and, and not, not that that's wrong or bad or whatever, cause it's, it's different for everyone. But for me personally, I think if I'd gone that route, I think I would have been, uh, you know, I think I would have either been bored or felt suffocated or you know because we're talking many years ago when things were still fairly stereotypical and you know being a female in business for yourself it wasn't you know wasn't the norm um and so I think breaking out of that kind of mold at that time because we're talking the early 80s and I know I'm aging myself here but you know in the early 80s it wasn't you know people looked at you like oh okay so I think you threaten and sometimes you threaten the opposite sex and, you know, from a societal standpoint. So. Well, it seems like that took a tremendous amount of, uh, of inner fortitude to be able to do that. So mm-hmm. that's, a, that's an amazing story and very inspiring. Um, when you started that first franchise of your, you started your own business, what were some of the biggest lessons that you had to learn in order to become successful with that business? The biggest lesson is that, you know, there's no shame in hard work. And, um, you know, in franchising, everything is process driven. And so learning to work within a system, a process without um, disrupting, you know, what was created. Um, and so those were some of the things that, you know, were, were new to me, um, you know, and also the learnings were that the opportunities were, um, were huge, right? So it opens doors to other things, right? Um, you know, and I'm a big believer in education and um, being informed, right? And so being informed allows you to make hopefully the the right decisions for yourself. And so I found that, you know, just learning um, early on, you know, what a franchise is, what a franchisor is, I'm a franchisee, what am I, the legal documents, banking, all those things. So there was a lot of things that you had to learn quickly and sometimes on the run, Um, you know, and also building um, relationship skills, I think is huge. So not only for your customers, but also working with a franchisor right? Because we're always in partnerships the way I see it. We're in partnerships with our spouses or, you know, significant others or whatever. We're in partnerships with our kids. But in the corporate world, you're in partnership with your customers. And in my case, I was in partnership with the franchisor. Um, and so, you know, learning those things early on, I think, are, are lifelong lessons for me anyways. So you started this business, you're learning all these lessons. You pay back that loan in a year, which is incredible. What did you do then? What happened? Then, you know, I just stayed the course for a few years and um, and then I sold. And then I was sort of like, I had no idea what I was going to do at that point because everything just happened. You know, you talked earlier about, wow, this like went boom, boom, boom. And all of a sudden here I was and not knowing what the heck I was going to do with my life. So that's kind of where I was at that point. (laughs) How did you, okay. So when you said you stayed the course, did you open more locations or did you, you stuck with that? Just one location. Okay. And then how did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to sell? And then how'd you actually go about doing that? Um, I actually had a partner at the time um, and she decided to buy me out. So it made the transition pretty easy. Wow, so that, that's, that's happened, that was pretty quick. So then you sold the business, you get your partner bought you out, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Then you're like, okay, well, what do I do now? Right? So what did you do at that now? I actually, I went back to school. Um, I, I thought, I thought about becoming a travel agent, but I just didn't want to 
you know, just go and work at a travel agency. So I went and took a, an intensive course for about what's what six to eight months. And, um, and then I worked in uh, as a corporate travel agent, which it was fun, a lot of learning, but obviously it wasn't for me, but I, I stuck it out for a few years. Um, and at that point I was married and I was pregnant with my daughter. Um, and so then I decided to um, not go back uh, to work. So, 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 it was, that, I mean, it was fun. so was that when you met Chuck? No, no. Chuck's my second husband. Okay. So oh, yeah. He comes later in the story. <laughs> So I'm I'm really interested to learn that chronology of up to Chuck because everybody who's watching listening, um, Chuck has been on the show as well uh, one one of the previous episodes that that's published, um, and I actually think maybe y'all are the first uh, the first power couple on the show. So <laughs> it's very exciting. Y'all are, y'all are making history here. Um, but yeah, so what, what was the chronology up until Chuck? Um, oh, I have to think now. I'm just thinking in years. Um, so then I um, worked as a travel agent. Then I decided to, uh, you know, stay home with my daughter. Uh, and that's when I got involved with actually my second franchise, which was corporate gifting. It was a home-based business. Um, so, you know, it sort of brought up my creative side. And um, so I had that business for about 12 or 13 years. Um, that was an interesting one because the franchisor um, actually closed everything down uh, only after a couple of years. There was some legal things going on and whatnot and not to get into anything detailed. So I ended up actually buying the, the name and the trademarks from her um, and then just you know, continued on with the business, which was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I talk, talk to my doctor, uh, daughter, sorry, a lot about, um, you know, when I developed my website back in the mid nineties and back then building a website was like $20,000. Now you can do it for a couple of hundred. So, you know, big differences, right? I had to learn HTML or whatever, and I'm not a technical person at all. Um, so that, that was, that was a great opportunity. And it, um, uh, learned they create a lot of learning lessons for me in that time and that's kind of where my personal situation changed in between there um and then you know just raised my daughter and focused on her in business and then i sold it and then i that's when i started working corporately for franchisors so taking my knowledge of the franchise industry and having been a business owner i was able to then parlay that into a role um with a franchisor so working sort of like I'm going to say director of operations. Um, you're wearing a lot of different hats um, and supporting and, and talking to franchisees, which I really enjoyed because they valued what I had to say because I kind of walked walk the walk and talked the talk and, you know, understood what their struggles were and, and was able to provide solutions and um, suggestions for their, for their businesses. And that's kind of where I was in a few various roles until I met, um, I met Chuck. So with that corporate gifting franchise, mm-hmm. you started one, then the main office closed down, and then you bought the rights to that and, and the name and, mm-hmm. and so on and so forth, and then you relaunched it or you just kept it going? I just kept it going. I actually, it was a home base. I, I moved it out of my house into a retail location and I had... Um, warehousing space because it's it's a cyclical business and you're doing a lot of it in your Q3-4 um, so in order to manage you know volumes of thousands of pieces being sent out um, you know you had to put things into place so so then you were the franchisor at that point no I was the, I was the only one running it so there were no more franchisees left they all they all dissolved um, there was, I think maybe one or two that were doing their own thing under a different name. Um, and so I just, I was the only one, which I could have been a franchisor if I wanted to, but I just decided to just run the business for myself and keep things as uh, simple as possible. I was about to ask, what was the, what was your thought process going through there? Cause you'd kind of been on the franchisee side, like, 
you know, why didn't you go more into the franchise or space? You know, just from a, um, I was a single mom at that point. I was, uh, I had split from my first husband and, and my focus was my daughter. So in order to support her and I, and I just wanted to make sure that um, 100% of my focus was on those two. And I think if I had gone the franchisor route, um, you know, I don't, you know, I, I would like to think it would have been successful, but I knew it would have taken a lot of time and resources that I wasn't willing to put in at that point in my life. So then when you sold that business, mm-hmm. how did you go about finding the buyer and, and actually executing that sale? I just worked actually with a commercial realtor um, that came in and did an assessment on the business, um, you know, just through P&Ls and things like that. And, um, you know, I gave him a timeline because um, in order to prepare for the busy season, I said, you know, I was going to give it six months. And if I hadn't sold it, then I would have to run another year and then whatnot. But uh, we actually sold it within three months Um, just because I think it was a clean business everything was done all like I'm, I'm pretty process oriented and you know I like to have things in a certain way so going through the books and the files everything was very organized and very neat I had a website people were ordering globally we had shipping in place I had a warehouse so it was it was very much turnkey um, as you would expect any franchise to be um, and so I think that's what made the process very simple for the buyers where they were able to come in everything was very transparent um, you know, the books were up to date and all that kind of fun stuff. So, so, pretty- so we, we, we talked about this a little bit, um, but I really want to understand you, more of your thought process here. Cause if everything was set up, everything was clean, the books were up to date, everything was organized. You had everything in place. Why, why didn't you just hire like a management team and, and remove yourself from the business? Like what was the thought process there? I just wanted to do something different. You know, mm. I've been doing it for almost 13 years and I just wanted something, I wanted to change. Um, and so I wanted to make a clean break from it. Um, Cause even though having a manager in place, yes, they're going to run the day to day, but it still requires, I believe a certain amount of time and energy into a business. Um, even if you want to be a passive owner, you still have to be involved um, and so I just decided to make a clean break from it. And so at that point, then you went into um, the corporate consulting space and, and started helping um, other franchisees and franchisors? Correct. I was working corporately for franchisors in different spaces, retail, home services. So got involved with a few. So then... From then until now, what has that timeline looked like? Um, I did open up another franchise after that in 2008. <laughs> People always say, you can open up another business. I go, you never know. Never say never. Nothing's forever. But um, I opened up a, um, a weight loss franchise, uh, Canadian-based in 2008, and sold it three years later. So, you know, and I knew nothing of the space, um, just wanted to be able to get in a business where you could make money, but also help people. And that was the perfect business and the opportunity to do that. So, um, so I did that and ramped it up fairly successfully. And, you know, interesting, the, the reason I sold it was the, there was a gentleman looking to open up his own franchise and he saw my location and really loved it. And I said, put an offer in, which he did. And well, as they say, the rest is history. So. So you've started multiple businesses. You've worked in the corporate side. It seems like you have a ton of experience with, with franchising. Clearly, Mm -hmm. clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, What do people need to know about franchising that they're not thinking about? That's a great question, Ben, um, because people only know what's kind of thrown out to them on the internet. And I, I talked to some really, really intelligent people who are just not knowledgeable in the space. And they all think it's only about the brand names, right? Like the McDonald's and Burger Kings and Tim Hortons of the world. And it's so much more than that. You know, franchising is small business. 
And I'm sure you've seen the sayings, you know, if you support small business, you're supporting the local owners. And it's true. They just happen to be part of a, of a bigger system. But at the end of the day, they're running their own small business. They have employees or they might not. Um, you know, they're giving back by paying taxes and they're hiring people that are, you know, that live locally and things like that. So for me, I, and I, I, I talked a little bit about it earlier, to me, if I can educate people just about the opportunity in general and what's out there, then I think I've kind of done my job. So, um, you know, in the U.S., there's, you know, over 3,800 franchise brands, and there's probably a lot that most people have never heard of or don't even realize that the local businesses in their community might be franchised. Um, and so it's, it's all about the opportunities that are out there um, without having to spend a fortune, you know, millions of dollars into a business. So I believe there's something out there for everyone. Is franchising right for everyone? No. Um, and that's kind of where I kind of come in and kind of figure that out for people. So let's say I'm interested in potentially starting a franchise mm -hmm. and I'm coming to you and I'm like, hey, I don't even know where to start. I don't know if this is the right model for me. What do we do from there? So it all starts with a conversation. I want to know about you, what your background is, because I believe there are a lot of transferable skills that people can take from personal, corporate, whatever it might be into a franchise business. And then I take them through uh, an assessment. Uh, it's a, it's kind of like a business model assessment. And what it does is it kind of highlights your key um, key skills, okay? So there's no right or wrong. It just kind of highlights and it kind of positions where people should be in franchising. Um, and what I mean by that is that, you know, some franchises, are, fran some franchises are new and emerging. Some are well-established and some are sort of in between. Some people, you know, have no desire to invest in something where there's maybe just a few locations where they want something with you know, call it 50 to 100 locations. So it's kind of figuring that out. Uh, then I take them through a very thorough consultation um, and ask a lot of questions, right? Um, and that's where I figure out, is franchising the right fit for you? And sometimes timing is everything, right? So um, financially, that's a big piece for me because that's the gateway to almost doing anything, right? Now, there are ways to find the money, um, through funding sources, family, friends, uh, retirement accounts, parents, whatever. If you really want something, you can figure it out. And if timing's not right, then we talk about it in a year or two. Then once you figure that out, you know, geographically, I want to know where people are. And to me, the big thing is I like to know your exit strategy, right? And people say, well, we're just starting. Why do you want to, I want to know where you want to be in 10 years, because if you haven't figured that out, we're, it's going to be kind of hard to figure out where our starting point is and what's the path going to be like from the start to the finish. So I find that if I'm able to kind of draw that out of people, um, I'm able to create a success plan for them. You know, somebody said to me once, oh, I want to be a millionaire. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, really? I said, well, I said, we can work on that and we're going to have, we have to start somewhere. And maybe that means opening up multiple locations or scaling the business at different levels. Maybe it's buying a master friend. I mean, there's different ways of, of looking at it. So if that's your end goal, then we've got to start somewhere. And I just need to know you're serious about it. Great. And then we'll kind of, you know, help you along that process. So it's just, and it's educating people throughout the whole thing. Cause I'm a big believer that, you know, always making an informed decision, whether you're saying no, or yes, you need to know what you're saying no to, but you should also know what you're saying yes to. And those are those are the clients that have made the best decisions in my in my humble opinion, anyways. So, so who would be the ideal franchise or somebody who is going to start a franchise? Who would be the ideal person for that? Like my clients, who the ideal client is. Mm -hmm. Anyone that has um, thought about wanting to work for themselves, but not really sure if they should and what's, and what's out there. You know, like you said to me, like if I come to you, most people have no idea. Sometimes they come with an idea and nine times out of 10, we don't even go near that because it's, you know, what they're reading on the internet 
very different to when you're going through due diligence. Um, you know, and even someone, you know, ageism is a big thing that I deal with all the time and it's very prevalent in the workplace and it's, you know, it's something that I can't control. Um, you know, and what happens is people that are over the age of 50 and they've been, you know, restructured, outsized, et cetera, three or four times. And what happens is the time between when they're not working and trying to find a job continues to increase and increase. So what happens is they, their earning potential decreases and decreases. So my message to them is that yes, while you're going to be taking money to invest in your business, you're investing it in yourself and building an equity piece that you're able to, you know, down the road resell or just continue running it or create a legacy for your kids or something. Um, I mean, I've seen it happen where people come to me and say, you know, I went through all my savings in two years and I can't afford to start a business now. And, you know, my hands are tied because of that. So, um, you know, I say there's options for everyone. So, so I'm looking at a lot of sort of diverse backgrounds of people that are, are looking to get into, you know, business ownership. And if you thought about it, explore it because it doesn't cost you anything to explore it. So let's say somebody wants to start a franchise. Mm-hmm. They, or at least they think they do at this point, And they feel like they have some of the operational skills, leadership skills, management skills to pull it off, but they don't have the money. Like what are those options in order to raise the money or find the money? Or like, how do you, where, where's the money? Where's the money? How do you find it? So I I tell people, um, you know, go to your bank. If you've got a good relationship with your bank, you can talk to them about getting a traditional loan. You could look at a home equity loan. Uh, There's also a number of, of, um, funding partners that I work with that deal in the franchising space. Um, So small business loan uh, that will help you to get pre-qualified. You know, so there's a, there's a lot of different resources that you can go to and a lot of resources that people didn't even know existed. So, you know, when you're working with someone who's in the space and, you know, lives and breathes it every day, um, this is where I'm able to kind of point them in, you know, a few different directions to say, you know, here's maybe three sources you should be checking out um, in order to find it. So it, does your does your path cross with Chuck's in that regard of the of the um, private equity side raising money? Because we talked a lot about, um, you know, his his work in, in the private equity space. Does that ever does that ever come no. up? No, <laughs> it's kind of different. <laughs> so his, the way he, you know, his raising funds is a totally different animal. Um, you know, the funding spaces that I'm in uh, is very different. So yeah, we're, you know, we're both consultants, but sometimes we're polar opposite, you know, the end, you know, he knows nothing about franchising and I, you know, knows a little bit of what he does and it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> So y'all are both consultants. Y'all are both entrepreneurs. So it seems like y'all must be incredibly busy. How do you, how do you make that work? You know, it's just like anything else. We, we respect one another's um, businesses and we're there to support one another. And if, you know, if I'm bouncing an idea off of him or vice versa, we're there just to listen and to provide feedback and, Um, But, you know, we're busy during the day and sometimes at night, sometimes on weekends and, you know, we just make it work. So that's the beauty of consulting is that you've got flexibility Um, and just to be able to um, to work with with another schedule. It it works out fine. And, you know, and then it's like, you know, everything else in life, the the other things that come into play, family and obligations and things like that. So. Yeah, but it's it's good um, it's good synergy between the two of us because our our businesses are so different. Because I'm I'm really interested in that because you know I'm I'm spending ten to fifteen hours a day working on my business every day, um, and I really don't I really don't take off nights or weekends at all. It's, and uh, you know, like I, I just wanted to know like how how did y'all do it because you know you're you're both doing a lot of really cool things. Um, 
so you know i just i just wanted to learn more about that you know a little bit for my own personal sake but i also feel like a lot of people probably have that yeah i think you just need to you need to put boundaries in place you know we could all work you know 18 hours a day uh, and i've done that and you know you burn out and so there's you know it's important to make sure there's the you time right so things that have nothing to do with your work, whether it's, you know, going to the gym or going to the movies or meeting up with friends. Um, you know, I live by my calendar. I really do. And some people Me are too. like, Oh, you know, and so I try to block, if I need to block off personal time, I literally block it off in my calendar. So this way I know that if, cause sometimes I'm talking and, you know, I'm talking to a client, Oh, let's book our next call. And then I, if I don't have it blocked off, I'm just filling my space. And then it's like, Oh, geez, you know, I really need to take that time off to do whatever. And so I think, you know, and maybe that's not for everyone. Maybe some people are like, I don't want to live by a calendar or whatever. That's what works for me. And so I literally block off my weekends when I want them blocked off. Sundays to me are sacred. I don't work Sundays. Um, That's family time and my downtime. If I have to work a half day Saturday, I will. Um, but you know, I got stuff to do like everybody else. I got grocery shopping to do and household chores and, um, all that kind of stuff that, you know, that's just, that's just life. So, um, I think it's important to figure out how to work smart, um, right. And, and not work as hard or as long, you know, some weeks, yeah, you might have to put in the extra time, but I think you need to, for you, Ben, I think you need to find that balance. Yeah, because it seems like, to me, it doesn't seem like it's work. I mean, it, it's really, I really, really love it. And, and I love what I do. And, you know, being able to talk to incredible people like you all the time and, and, and Chuck and, you know, all, all the other guests, like, I love this. Like, this is so much fun for me. And, you know, figuring out the, just, you know, being able to ask questions of, of people who have been there and done that, you know, cause clearly you've been there and done that. Like that's so rewarding. Um, but you need but, to recharge your batteries too. Right. So, I mean, I love what I do as well, but I know that I need to take that break so that I come back better and stronger for my clients. So if I'm recharged, then I'm you know ready to work hard for them. That's true. That's very true. But that's just my personal opinion. So, <laughs> So I feel like one of the uh, one of the foundations of humanity, I'm taking a pretty big turn here, um, is connection. And I'm really interested to hear your answer to this because we've talked a lot about processes and systems and organization, um, but we haven't talked too, too much about people and working with people. Um, so I'm interested in learning your philosophy on developing deep, meaningful and genuine connection with another human being? Well, what do you want to know? How I do it or how I view it or... Your, your I think philosophy it, on it. Yeah, I think it evolves over as you age. I think, anyways, that's how I see it. Um, I think connections are important, um, especially for, for myself who... You know, I work in a silo and I don't have that human interaction that most people have on a, on a regular basis. So it's important for me to do the extracurricular things so that I do have that interaction, right? Um, otherwise, you become too, um, uh, you know, sort of in your own space. And I think it's important to have people either express opinions or whatever it might be. Um, I also think that connections, um, depending if you're talking personal or professional, on a personal level, I think the circle becomes smaller as you get older. And that's just because of time constraints, right? As your kids get older, you know, they, you know, they get married and they have kids and all. So then your focus has to be with them. So then the outer circle of the friends, you know, becomes less and less. And then, and then their lives get also busier and things like that. On the professional level, Um, connections are always important. And I think for me, it's about making the right connections, right? And aligning myself with like-minded individuals who share my vision, okay? So nobody, you know, at least for myself, I hate the, the time wasters, right? If you're, and not that I don't have time for, but 
there should be a, um, I don't know how to put this in a nice way. The connections I have with people have to be genuine, okay? Um, and they have to be able to um, receive, but also to give, okay? So what I mean by that is that, and I don't know if you've ex experienced this, but sometimes people will come into your circle and all they want to do is suck everything out of you, but there's no nothing reciprocal. And I'm, you know, and I'm very giving of my time and um, experience and sharing and because I'm a big believer that sharing is caring. But over time, when somebody just continually takes and takes and takes and takes, then it's like, okay, that's it, right? So it's it's trying to find those connections. And sometimes you have to learn more, right? And, and, and I think, you know, there's something to be said about, you know, the wisdom that you gain as you get older um, and maybe... I didn't really see it much when I was younger or whatever. I don't know where these, this becomes learned or whatever. So, but to me at this point in my life, that's what's important to me when it comes to connections. And I, I love meeting people from all backgrounds in life and people that have been super successful that are so, super down to earth because that empowers me to think, wow, you know, this is, a, you know, somebody that has just done so amazing well. And then you talk to them and you feel that you're, at their kitchen table having a cup of coffee because that's how comfortable they make you feel. And, and that's what I, you know, love about it. So probably rambled on and rambled on, but <laughs> no, no, that's, I love going, I love going into the detail because, you know, like I said earlier, it, you know, maybe, maybe to, to you, you're used to knowing what you think, but, <laughs> but I don't know what you think all the time. So I want to, I want to know these things. Yeah. Yeah. So question for you. Uh -huh. big, big surprise there. I have another question. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your greatest theory? My greatest theory? Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's a great question. I, I, I probably have to think about that. What's what the first yours? thing... Well, what's yours? My greatest theory. I don't know what my greatest one is yet because I, uh, I'm only 24. So <laughs> I, I feel like I will have other ones in my lifetime. So I can't, I can't prejudge if this is, if this is my greatest theory or not. Um, but I do believe wholeheartedly um, that the purpose of life is to embark on a journey of continuous self-discovery. And the purpose of that self-discovery is to understand at a fundamental level and get more in touch with and become more whole with who you are at your core and to be the youest you that you've ever been. And... I feel like there are many different layers to each person. You know, I, th I think about my own experiences. There's a part of me that is my me at my core. There's a part of me that are external factors or external influences that I have taken in and now confuse as part of my core. Um, and I don't know how to tell the difference all the time. And so I think it's a constant journey of working through those layers and understanding who I really am and what I really care about while also moving forward and having more influences. So I think it's a constant journey. And then all of those impact each other in many different ways that I don't understand at, at 100%. Um, so that is my theory is that we're all here to discover more about ourselves and to get really in touch with who we are and to to express that as completely and wholly as we possibly can. Wow. That's pretty profound for a 24 year old. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But I'm interested in hearing yours. I, I want to know what your theory is. Uh, you know, I probably have a few, but one that I've often shared is that I, I believe that people need to reinvent themselves every three to five years. And, you know, it, and the reinventing doesn't have to be, always you know extreme uh and if i look back at my life i you know i can see where i've reinvented myself 
um, professionally over the course of my career. Uh, and I do believe that people need to do that uh, just so that, you know, you talked about, you know, that continuous journey. And I think that's what helps you in as part of that journey. Why every three to five years? Why that time frame? I, I, somebody shared it with me years ago. And I'm and the same thing at the time. And I can't remember why, but it was just something about, you know, how we evolve as individuals, right? Because as you get older and you learn things and you become more self-aware, um, then that time of when you reinvent yourself. Now, it could be that you could be at the same company for, let's say, 20 years, but in still, let's say, instead of, you know, being in that same role over and over and over again, you know, you might reinvent yourself by taking on a different position or going back to school in order to, you know, become the president of the company or whatever it might be. Or in my case, I reinvented myself through different businesses. And I also reinvented myself by working with different corporate people. Um, and so that's how I reinvented myself. And so I do, I do believe that. So for me, that theory holds true because when I've, sh I've ex shared that and expressed it with, you know, some other women, um, it almost was like I gave them permission that it was okay to do it. And you don't need permission as long as you have given yourself the A-OK, -okay, then you should be able to, to do that. Um, and so that just, you know, becomes part of the belief. So that's probably one of my biggest theories that I, I often think about. That's awesome. I love that theory. And I feel like that can be applied to almost any specific situation. You know, if you think about somebody who has been in the same business for 30 years, I'm sure their identity within that business has evolved over time. And so that can, that can fit perfectly into there. I mean, you, you may not want to start a new business every three to five years. You may, you may just want to stick, stick on, on one business that doesn't mean you have to stay stagnant there. And I think, I think that three to five years, like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, go check, go ask yourself those hard questions, go relearn about yourself and, and, and understand, I think, and learn more about other things. I, I think that's, that's profound. I do. Yeah. And I, I was just talking with a woman um, a few months ago. Um, she just reached out to me from LinkedIn and liked my background and we were just chatting and, um, I asked her, you know, she started this business and she has a really strong marketing background and it's in the senior care space, which is, I think, you know, a great space. And I said to her, why don't you franchise your business? And she's like, like that's what I was thinking about. She said, I've been doing this for about three or four years, but I'm so scared. And I'm like, it is scary. Um, and anyways, I, long story short, I put her in touch with someone and, you know, fingers crossed, she's going to end up franchising her business because I, I like her, I like her story and I like what she's done in her community. And I think if she was able to replicate that, you know, uh, across the country, I think it would be impactful in so many different ways. And so, and I, I said that to her, I said, you know, you're reinventing yourself. And I said, I'm a big believer in this, you know, reinventing every three to five years. And she was like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like she worked corporately and she did this out of a sort of a passion and hobby play. And it just, you know, it, blossomed into a business. So I was pretty happy for her. Is there anything about yourself that you think is an important part of who you are that we did not talk about today? In other words, what did I miss? Um, well, it depends who you talk to, because if you talk to Chuck, you'll be like stubborn, headstrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is probably right. Um, so, and I'm, you know, a bit of a control freak and, you know, there's probably reasons why I am that way. So, you know, again, being self-aware and making sure that it doesn't, you know, impact negatively on the people around you. So, but I'm, I'm pretty much an open book. You know, I, I, uh, you know, what you see is what you get. I try to be as transparent as possible. So we, we talked about me being 24 um, a, little, a little while ago. And the reason I bring that up again is because it's relevant to the, the question that I want to ask you. But what question should I be asking you or, or multiple questions? Specifically me, 
asking specifically you with your knowledge, your wisdom, your experience that I just wouldn't think to ask? Uh, in terms of what you're like with what you're doing in your work in, in, in life. And yeah, however, however you think I should be asking that. Well, I, you know, it's think about your, like what I talked to my clients about, you know, what is your end game? You know, think about why you got involved with what you're doing. There's obviously a reason, which maybe you can share with me and how this, because things evolve, right? And you end up where you are today for a reason. And sometimes people think about it and they go, well, yeah, you know, because all these different pieces fell into place. And think about what that path might look like for you, you know, and what are you hoping to achieve? Because sometimes people just jump in and they don't think about long-term. And I think that if you said to me, well, you know, I want to create this, you know, multi-billion dollar company that's doing X, Y, and Z, I, I'd be like, that's great. Like, you know, go for it. Like set the bar high for your dreams and, um, and it's going to be a hard road, but it's going to be well worth it. But I want to know kind of what that is and, and the why's, right? Well, Marissa, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and um, sharing this time with me. It's It's been very special and, and I really do feel honored to have uh, been able to speak with you. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Ben. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> I don't always have you know time to share about what I'm doing and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's if I can make a difference for one person that I've done my job, um, I, I think your program is great. And, uh, you know, I look forward to future broadcasts that you'll be having as well. Thank you very much. And to everybody who's watching, listening, um, I want to say thank you. Thanks for sticking with us all the way till the end. I know how valuable your time is and I appreciate you sharing it with us. And I love you all very much. You know, I do. Uh, so thank you so much. And um, I will see you all on the next episode.